Welcome to Season 2 of the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting Podcast. You can attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-5208-0640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following speaker share from Jim C. was recorded on August 18th, 2022. Uh, my name is Jim. I'm an adult child. Um, yeah, definitely. I think, I guess I've told my story once like 30, 40 minutes. This is like kind of crazy. Not so much time. But, uh, but that's, this is good. I need, you know. I like telling my story today, and uh, and I know I need to do it, and I know I'll uh, I'll be glad I did it. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, I was born uh, the youngest of five, uh, with two really sick parents, and um, you know, in some ways, it's a little hard to explain, like in a, like in a few words, about just how sick my parents were, and. and like the, you know, they were uh, they both definitely had issues with alcohol, uh, but they weren't textbook alcoholics. Um, they were both pretty crazy, you know, and, and but you know, but maintained jobs and all that. Um, but it, you know, so it's you know, it was, it was all very crazy making, and uh, you know, my mom. The best way I could describe is uh, she's like almost like an inanimate object. You know, like so numbed out, just like barely there. Smile on her face, everything's great, but just like almost like not even there. And uh, yeah, I mean that's just my, my, you know, that's that's what it was like growing up. Like no, no support of any kind. You know, not you know, just not some, you know, I didn't not somebody I talked to. No feelings felt. Um, her dad was definitely an alcoholic. You know, like textbook dinosaurs of the liver. Um, and my dad, uh, you know, he was, um, you know, he died a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, like, oh, you know, today looking back with a lot more clarity, just like somebody who's in his own world, like just a, you know, like a real narcissist, you know, and I don't say anything to badmouth anybody. It's just reality, you know. Um, you know, because he was uh, in his own world and, and uh, it didn't fit his world like he didn't he didn't concern him and you know what i do know you know it's crazy i know he was adopted he grew up in the midwest i grew up on the west coast and part of just the insanity you know like to you know try to like summarize it like i didn't even know like so many crazy things like i know i lived with him growing up but i knew so little about him like you know, every few years, I recall every few years he would, I would, he would say something like, oh, "I'm going to go see Joyce in uh, March in New York," and he literally had no, no idea what he was talking about, who he was talking about. And I'm just like thinking to myself, "Who the hell is Joyce?" And uh, and then I slowly figured out, like, "Oh, that's his sister." You know, like I had never met the person, never talked to them. I don't know why. You know what I mean? It's like, and I just use that as an example because it's like it's. You know, like I learned, like you just don't talk about personal stuff. You don't talk about anything. Sports, you can talk about sports, you know, and that, and that's literally about it. And um, 
Yeah, so very, it was very crazy making. And, and I don't know what I know today. I know my dad's childhood sucked, but I couldn't really tell you the details of it, you know. But I know I know it was really bad because he was a mess, you know. But um, yeah, so I, growing up, uh, you know, as the youngest, in some ways, um, I feel somewhat fortunate. I don't feel so much, not necessarily fortunate that I grew up in the family I did, but uh, the youngest of the five. So I'll just say like each sibling, uh, you know, in the big red book, it talks about the roles and, and my family fits that to a T. It was kind of, I actually had heard of that before, long before recovery even. I was like shocked. I was like, holy crap. Uh, and, and and the only one that, I don't know why, the one I learned that's not in the red book is the responsible one. And I don't know where that comes from, but you know, in my family, it was responsible one, scapegoat, kind of no role, lost child, and then I was the fifth. And, and it's really clear to me today that my, you know, my family was already a disaster, you know, by the time I came around. And, you know, and it wasn't, you know, I don't believe it was conscious, but somebody decided, like, we need a hero. Somebody needs to, like, save this because this is going downhill. And, and so that was my role that was handed to me, you know like this delusional role. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I just remember when I was really young, my dad was never around, I don't know why, and I kind of get it today, like, you know, the, the marriage was a disaster. But um, I had a, a, an older sibling who ended up being the scapegoat, and I was like five, and they were like 14, and long story short, they basically like, you know, flipped out one night. I, you know, I, I know today, like they just like broke down, like living in that house, and uh, they were uh, threatening, and you know, there was uh, some violence and uh, you know, threats to kill people. And uh, long story short, the police came, took them away, and you know, never got talked about. You know, it's just like, well, he's gone. Okay. Um, and again, that's just like the best example of, you know, I can just, you know, I have to describe just like how crazy making it was. Because um, in some ways, like my dad was a reasonably successful business person. Um, There's you know, so people that didn't know him very well, but I thought things are pretty normal. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, so having a sibling get just like all of a sudden flip out, dangerous, a threat. And then I didn't even know where he went. You know, I just knew he was gone. Like, he was crazy, he was gone. And, uh, you know, so I just, you know, no, you know, I grew up uh, confused, angry, sad, scared, uh, all that. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is like so much time to speak. It's kind of crazy, but this is good. Um, so... Yeah, I just I just grew up and so this hero role like so my mom wanted me to be like this ray of sunshine happy happy all the time no matter what um and I kind of when I was a little kid I kind of was but then uh you know I started to rebel against that and my dad just wanted you know this uh you know businessman jock star or whatever and uh so anyway it's so an early age I knew at an early age it was like at some level, I knew what was happening. Like, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to save the family. Well, this, is, this isn't this is going to work, you know. And so, um, 
I started rebelling hard and I just I became a you know massive troublemaker at school like that became my thing uh and it was a way to just like uh it was really like trying to keep my sanity it was like uh an f you to my parents you know um you know, you know, it's like I'll literally be when I was really young and I lived with my mom, I would like be a, a good kid. And then it was, I felt like I'd step out the door and start getting in trouble, you know, like my my until my foot hit the pavement. And um yeah, so that it was like an addiction. It was like my first addiction was just being in trouble all the time. Uh not serious, serious, but like you know, like but uh you know, just constant detentions constantly and uh smart ass comments and uh you know whatever and uh i kind of took pride in it um being like that um i've really learned in aca as well that uh like part of that uh there you know there was you know there's a lot to it but part of it was that uh you know when i when i like stood up to authority figures and mouthed off like i felt powerful you know i felt powerful and that, uh, I didn't feel powerful at home. Uh, but, if, you know, it's like, you know, if I can mouth off to authority figures, like, what are you going to do to me? You know, like, nothing's not going to be any worse than what I got at home. So, but yeah, I get, that's what I, that's one of the things I got out of that. Um, so, uh, moving along, that's the way, you know, that was growing up. Thankfully, you know, thank God for music. Thank God for sports. Thank God I had a couple of friends. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you know, that's, I, that's just how I lived. You know, I got into my teen years, um, you know, found drugs and alcohol that just like hit a hit a nerve. I was like, wow, this is like the best thing that ever happened to me. But all the pain, anxiety seemed to disappear. And um, it seemed like a great way to go. And, you know, obviously that didn't last. Um, relationships, I... I couldn't have relationships. I certainly couldn't have healthy and and they were, you know they were uh, unhealthy, shallow, and short lived. When I did get in relationships, and uh, I knew you know I knew something was wrong with me, um, and you know I didn't you know I would kind of yeah I wouldn't I don't know it's not something I talked about or really looked at, but I knew like you know something was off in my you know just emotionally I didn't know what it was at the time, but. Um, but I would just tell myself, you know, I'll, things will change and I'll grow out of this or whatever. Things will maybe get better. And um, yeah, um, so eventually uh, I got, uh, eventually I got into uh, recovery, got into rehab and, and all that. Um, you know, I'm just kind of skipping along a little bit, you know, just basically I'm in trouble all the time. Now I'm a young adult getting in trouble and it's not quite as funny anymore. Um, I also, I had a moment in, uh, growing up where I realized like I couldn't control my mouth. Like I really, I re started to realize like I could not keep my mouth shut, like in class, like almost like an addiction. Like I, like it was almost like I couldn't stop acting out. Uh, so there were times where I really started to actually get really scared of like where my life was headed, but you know, I, I wasn't in enough trouble yet. Um, so, uh. Yeah, so, you know, and, and I'm going to mention other fellowships in passing. Hope that's all right. Uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, I'm, a, you know, I, I am, well, I'll get to it all. But, you know, I'm definitely, I, I'm 100% ACA, you know. Uh, 
But yeah, so you know, I uh, there was a time too. I, went, I was in the military a couple of years and got out, and I realized that uh, I came out and like like nothing had changed. Like I really thought, well, that'll change me or something, and nothing had changed. I went back hanging up with the, the people that were like you know the tr- other troublemakers, basically, and you know alcoholics and drug addicts. Um, so I started to realize like, wow, like my, like if I don't do something drastic, like I'm in, I'm in deep trouble. And, uh, so got into, uh, got into recovery, 12 step program. And, uh, you know, one of the things early on is, uh, you know, I didn't want to share, uh, I had stopped using, so I felt like that's, that's good. And I kind of hoped, I didn't know what, what to do next, but I, I did get a sponsor. And, uh, you know, somebody with a lot of time in the meetings I was going to, and, and he, I just could tell he was humble. And he definitely had something. He had peace of mind. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, so uh, the first time I called him, and I always tell the story, like, uh, first time I called him, uh, I was like, hey, how you doing? It's like, good. It's like, um, it's like long silence. I'm like, uh, how's work? It's like, oh, work's good. And it was more like long, awkward silence. And uh, and and finally he said, uh, well, if there's ever anything you want to talk about, let me know. All right, you got my number, give me a call. Even if it's late at night, whatever, no problem. I was like, yeah, okay. And he said, all right, well, thanks for calling. Click. And and something uh and something clicked in me at that point. Like uh first i was pissed i was like what what is this guy's problem you know does he have any advice is he going to micromanage me and fix me you know like like my dad would do uh and um and it just sort of clicked at the same time like uh i'm always it's like well i'm always waiting for somebody to fix me you know i'm always waiting for somebody to do something uh or or ex you know or maybe a, a some magical relationship will come by you know or, or and that'll save me and uh and, and that was the first time I realized I was going to have to do some work, you know, like I, I was going to have to do it. And um, so I really, uh, I really you know, kind of clicked. And I really trusted that guy and I didn't call him again for a while. But then, you know, I, I, I just totally trusted the guy and uh, mostly he listened. And, uh, you know, it was pretty crazy. You know, like that, that was that's what I needed more than anything else. And um yeah, one time, um, one time, you know, one of the early on, I called him once, and um, basically, I was uh, talking about like at work. I was, I don't know what, how I got started on it, but I was like, you know, there's petty cash, and I, I take the petty cash, spending on what I want. But and um, and it's actually I was working for my dad, and my stepmom, and and and. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna pay it back and whatever. It's no big deal. And 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 I was going on, and finally, he said, you know. That's that's great, you know. I hear. I was also like, you know, I'm underpaid. They won't miss it. They owe me whatever. And he finally is like, and it wasn't much money. And he said, uh, he said, you know, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, but you know, it seems to me that you wouldn't have brought it up if it wasn't bothering you. And uh, I was like, wow. Like I couldn't even argue with that, you know. Like I just, I just told him, and just spent five minutes telling him why it wasn't stealing, you know. Like I'm taking money that's not mine, but it's but it's not stealing, you know. And, and you know, like, and I just say that, like, I I could convince myself of anything, you know. Um, 
So anyway, I had made my conscience well, wasn't real strong. Um, so anyways, you know, my life was a lot better. I got doing this over relatively young and uh, my life got better. Still relationships were a mess. And after a couple of years, a few years, uh, actually my sponsor first suggested you might want to try professional help, which is not what I wanted to hear. You know, I, I was kind of hoping a little easier path. Um, and so uh, I'd gone back to school and I went to a graduate school. So I left from uh, the West Coast to the East Coast where I've been ever since. And, uh, and I knew like I knew I needed to get away from my family of origin bad. Uh, and that, that was the number one reason. Even going to a graduate school program was like secondary, really. That was just another a way to, you know, pull it, you know, to facilitate it. And um, and uh, like I and I realized I had been trying to get away from them my whole life, you know. Like growing up, I would stay out and stay out as late as possible, just just so I didn't have to be around them. Um, when I'd come home at night, I knew what light so I could see if my dad and stepmom were up, and they were just so toxic, just toxic. And so if their light was on, I wouldn't go home. I would just go whatever, just go around until until that light was off, you know, and. Uh, so I had a chance to move away. So I moved to the East Coast, uh, got a therapist who was amazing and uh, kind of figured out real quick. He totally got ACA, had been in ACA. He had done like, he'd done the work himself. Um, yeah, and I was, uh, I was, I, I'm kind of jumping around, but uh, I was in a lot of pain at the time. Like my siblings uh, were all going off the deep end in different ways. like. You know, I said the responsible one, I found out they were, uh, you know, committing, you know, basically white collar crimes and, uh, you know, didn't go to prison, but really should have, you know, done jail time. Um, you know, and another sibling like was like schizophrenic, um, just on down the line. And, you know, part of the story is like, I knew if I, I knew that I knew what my path was, if I didn't, uh, if I didn't make some huge changes, if I didn't get out of Dodge and if I didn't get into, you know, do like all this stuff, like I knew, I knew my life was going to be real similar. Um, and uh, yeah, so I had a therapist and um, we just totally got it. Um, I found out it wasn't crazy that I didn't want to be around my family at all. It was okay. That wasn't crazy. That was made a lot of sense. And uh you know, and, and he first mentioned ACA. I think he was first said ACA, maybe he said Al-Anon or an ACA. And I really thought like, well, all my siblings, you know, abuse drugs and alcohol, but, and it was weird because everybody had like their own drug, you know, like one person did hallucinogenics, one person smoked more pot than anybody I knew. And uh, another person was an alcoholic. So it, it, I, the whole idea like alcohol was the problem didn't make any sense to me. You know, it was like, like, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's sick. And so, but anyway, so uh, first, but I heard ACA slash DF, and that DF dysfunctional family really got me. This is like late nineties, and I really thought, well, that I know, I know, I, I know, I belong there. But when I went to the meetings, um, like ninety seven, ninety eight, I uh, uh, there was no literature yet. There was no red book. 
I guess there's some pamphlets and um, there wasn't that many meetings and the, and the meetings are pretty rough is about the best way I can say. Like uh, some of them were okay, I got something out of it, but uh, you know, there was uh, there was not much direction. So I was going to Al-Anon uh, totally as an adult child. I went to Al-Anon because there were tons of meetings. People had, you know, familiar with the steps and all this. So that's what I did. And uh, um, so, you know, I, I never stopped going to ACM. I'll, I guess I'll get to that. But um, but I, I attended Al-Anon and, and always as an adult child. But uh, around the same time, like stuff, I don't know. I don't usually get into it at group level, but like part of Part of, you know, well, like part of it, I, uh, you know, I wrote a letter to my mom and to my, each one to my mom, one to my dad saying I need to not have contact. Uh, wasn't, I wasn't mean about it. It was just like, things are pretty screwed up. Things are not good growing up until I'm right, you know, for as, as long as I need, like I need to not be around you guys and not have contact. Uh, really super painful time. And not because of that, like, I mean, I mean, it, Part of that, you know, it was just all just the, the pain was already unbearable at that point. That's why I did it. Um, and I started doing like, uh, this is like kind of crazy stuff, but, uh, you know, I was doing like what I, I call uh, rage work, like screaming into pillows, punching pillows, but all this rage I had around my, my parents, especially mainly. And, uh, but I had all this rage and grief built up for so long. That's what I needed to start addressing. And so I went to a lot of meetings uh, as part of that, like the support I needed. Um, and, you know, I had some awakenings. I got some clarity, you know. And, uh, and you know, some really, really dark time. And, uh, you know, and, I, and this is where I feel somewhat fortunate. Like, I really... I really felt like I came in AC in so much pain. It was like, um, like I was, it was like I was going to take it serious, you know. And it's like I didn't have much choice. And it was either like, well, there was a choice, but the other option's not good, you know. Um, so yeah, so I I started going, you know, I started going to meetings regularly, uh, more regularly, and uh, working the steps. Um, yeah, I. Uh, you know, and I really had gone from like thinking my this graduate program was going to be my new life, and then realizing like uh, I got through it, which is kind of crazy. I just did enough to get through it. Started down a career, and uh, but then just realizing like I had to I had to put my recovery first, and I had to do stuff I enjoyed doing, and I could not, uh, you know, you know, like you know, like like my dad, you know. Not to keep ripping on him, but uh, you know he was a business guy. Uh, he did okay, you know, and he was, you know, I would not want his life for a million dollars, you know, or a uh, hundred million. So, you know, so, so somewhere in there, you know, I had to find, uh, you know, stuff I actually really love doing, which I've been able to do for a long time. Uh, so, you know, I have like an outlet of doing stuff I actually love, and that's like a gift. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know, I just say that like that's been my priorities ever since. Um, uh, yeah, so you know, I just feel like I need to say that, and and you know, and I and all this time, always you know, always looking for external, like a relationship, maybe a relationship is gonna you know fix me, and um, yeah, that's what normal people do, right? They get in 
relationships and get married and whatever and you know the picket fence and all that and um but i kind of knew that wasn't going to cut it and and there's still times i think that's the answer you know and some of my therapist has said to me over the years you know a couple times is you know as long as that uh, that pot of gold as long as i'm looking at that pot of gold out here instead of right here like i'm gonna have a problem you know and uh and uh, you know, i try to live that by that today and uh means that you know i've been single a lot in my recovery and uh that's not my that's my choice but you know it's not the plan i had but uh you know i've also been able to uh be in some really healthy relationships and even which is like a small miracle like truly a small miracle like i have no doubt if i hadn't done all the work i was doing that when it was never going to happen, you know, I might, you know, recreate the marriages I saw growing up and, you know, like, again, for a million dollars, I would not want to be in those kinds of marriages. Um, uh, that was actually like the biggest fear. One of the, one of the biggest fears I had would be, was to growing up when I was young would be to recreate my family of origin. That would be, that was like, it's like the biggest uh, fear I had. Couldn't, couldn't even imagine that. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of my story since since then has been, uh, you know, though following these tracks and uh, and really kind of believing I'm on a path, even if I don't, you know, it's not always what I want. And, uh, you know, it's um, not easy. You know, I have, a, I have a family of choice today, you know, I, um, you know, I've had the same therapist forever. It might say, no, no, no. To me, that's amazing. He's like my dad, you know, and, uh, but also I gotta say, you know, I've got a hand, handful of friends I've been close with in recovery for 20 years. Um, you know, where I met, you know, I don't know, I'm not trying to make it all like rosy and, you know, but just, I'm just gonna, like a gratitude list, I guess. Um, you know, my I met my I live in this building where right now after several years where there's like four units in this building, and uh, I first found out about it uh, through a, a guy in recovery and it's his friend lived here. That's how I got in here. So it's friend of a friend, and um, but it's like you know, 20 years later, like you know these guys are like family. You know, like you know it's literally I live in this building. It's like my family guy above me, guy below me, they're like family. You know, and um. Uh, you know, I think about that a lot. Like, I really do have a family of choice. I haven't, uh, uh, I've had very, very, very limited contact with my family of origin. I can say, as as far as I can tell, and I'm, I'm not here to judge, obviously, I can, as far as I can tell, everything definitely got worse over this time. Uh, one sibling took his life. And I get like, uh, otherwise I get just enough info uh, to just, you know, just hear like things getting worse. You know, that's just, that's, that's what I've heard. And, uh, you know, so I am, uh, I, I do believe that um, all I can really do, I definitely can't save anybody. You know, I am definitely not a hero. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I can't save, all I can really do, I can like detaching, that was actually, my uh, topic is going to be detachment and uh you know this idea like it's actually the best thing i can do for anybody else really you know in, in really sick relationships um 
it's no guarantee anybody's, you know, uh, cares or, uh, you know, and, and when I first cut off contact with my family, like I had, you know, and I heard like, uh, why would you do that? Oh, no family's perfect. What are you talking about? You know? And, um, like some people, uh, you know, obviously aren't going to get it, but I do believe there's a seed in there and I think, and I know deep down, they know exactly what I'm doing, you know, like, you know, or at least some of them I know, I know they know, you know, and, um, yeah. And, um, I was able to make my amends to my parents a long time ago and, um, and detaching is part of making amends for me. Like I'm not going to enable people anymore. Um, and, uh, yeah, it doesn't mean they're going to like it either, you know, but that, that's what I needed to do. And, and I know, uh, you know, I'm some, some sort of a, a model or maybe I'm not, you know, <laughs> like I just, you know, I, I am an example. There's another way of living, put it that way. I'm, I got a pretty good life. I'm pretty happy, you know, and, uh, you know, so, you know, if nothing else, you know, I'm out of the hero business and, um, yeah. And uh, I guess uh, uh, a couple other things. Um, still got 16 minutes. A uh, couple other things is one is, you know, yeah, the, the hero thing. Like, man, I, I uh, you know, I've even heard some, I guess in meetings, I've even heard, or, you know, maybe people not recovery, like, sounds cool. Like, wow, what a great role, you know. And, um, and in some ways, like, I may have, uh, I may have lucked out, you know. Um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, some, some like combination of things, like I think definitely being the youngest, uh, somehow I avoided some of that denial that they, that my siblings are in or were in. Um, like, like I always say, it's like, I, to me as the youngest, it was like coming across a car wreck, you know, it was like, you know, I don't know what happened here. I know I didn't cause it, you know, I definitely didn't cause it, you know, cause it was definitely here when I got here, you know. But uh, anyway, uh, oh yeah, the hero, like this whole idea of uh, saving people. Like I still have this, uh, you know, this, there's a little bit, you know, still like there's this like achieving certain things and doing well in career-wise and getting the pats on the back. And I'm also really aware, like the hero thing means there's, like that stuff will never be enough. You know, that stuff will never be enough. There will never be enough friggin' uh, plaques or whatever, you know, and um, and uh, that's just kind of what, what really been on my mind uh, lately is because uh, I'm doing some good stuff and, and it's like sometimes I get some nice pats on the back and a lot of times I don't. A lot of times I, I don't get it and I'm like, wow. And in my family, I sure did. You know, it's like, wow, look what Jim did. He, you know, he uh, woke up, you know, or he brushed his teeth or something, you know. Uh, he's so He's so great. And uh, so I'm just definitely dealing with that and this whole idea of, uh, you know, you hear you know, like stuff like, well, you did the best you can. And, and I can remember hearing that growing up and thinking that, you know, that's like, that's like when you lost in a game, that's what people said to make you feel better. Like, oh, you did your best. Like you suck, but you did your best, you know? And I mean, and, and today it's like, I get it. Now that actually, that's actually serious. It's like, you know, if I did my best, um, and what I found, it's a relief. You know, it's a relief if I do my best, because um, I don't have to meet 
I don't have to save somebody. I don't have to meet this insane expectation of, uh, you know, that's literally, literally unreachable, you know. Um, so that's been on my mind a lot lately. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, my experience in ACA, it's just, it's uh, been a lot of pain, uh, a lot of grief. And, uh, you know, I'll say too, you know, I was in another fellowship early on when I first came to ACA. The other fellowship I was in, um, there'd some be people pretty new, newer than me, and they'd be talking about they found God, everything was great, you know. And I, and I was like, man, I don't know what, you know, what I'm doing wrong. And when I slowly realized that, you know, like, I don't, first of all, it's none of my business what they're doing or what they, you know, what they found or didn't find. But like for me, it's like that wasn't going to cut it. It was not going to cut it. Like I was in so much pain. Like I had to go a lot deeper and and i and i had a point where i realized this is why people you know relapse is why people do all kinds of horrible things it's like because it's painful and um yeah i didn't know what it was i didn't know what it was like to deal with pain like that because i was numb i was numb my whole life and um but uh yeah i, I guess a couple other things um yeah like i uh like I said, like in the I don't know, like 1997, late 97, uh, as an AC, and they're just, you know, just these where I was at, there was not many meetings and they were not very good and there was no literature. Oh, and uh, so like about seven years ago, uh, a friend of mine in, in recovery was setting where he's going to ACA meetings. So I was still going to Allen on all the time. And uh, my friend, he was like, we're going to ACA. And in my mind, I'm thinking, back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, good luck with that. You know, have fun. And uh, but he was he would be talking about these meetings and it was like, wow, that sounds that does not sound like the meetings I was going to at all. And uh, so. Uh, yeah, so I kind of realized, like, I think I think ACA has changed, you know, and, and, and I've kind of heard this elsewhere, but I just know where I, you know, the meetings I went to. But, uh, you know, so I started going nearby and it was a big meeting that was really good. And, you know, it was just totally nothing like what I had gone to. And um, so that's like really. Uh, affirming to me because i spent a lot of time in recovery wondering like why isn't everybody talking about their family of origin why are we still talking about that or this and, and uh you know kind of being judgmental but kind of like being the real too it's like you know I, I just hear like it's not working for me you know it's like it seems like i'm spinning wheels i don't want to spin wheels and uh so um yeah so anyways and then being on zoom but since the pandemic and I'm, you know, it's crazy. You meet more and more people that are in this for real and uh, nearby and not nearby. And it's it's very uh, affirming and uh, just knowing like it seems to just slowly be spreading and growing. And, uh, you know, it's kind of what I, you know, it you know, doesn't matter what I think, but I just know like at the core of my addiction was that it's, it's ACA. I have no doubt in my mind. And uh, it seems like more and more people are maybe seeing that. For themselves and um yeah so i guess that's all i have uh i'm uh grateful i've learned like gratitude doesn't mean uh la la land like what when i grew up with my mom it's uh you know find out of the problem into the solution i have tools i have some direction and uh yeah so i'm glad i'm here and i'll stop there thanks